Welcome to the Marcia Miyake Show, where our mission is to share thought-provoking ideas, practical tools, and tangible strategies to up-level your life, business, and relationships. I'm your host, Marcia Miyake, leadership and emotional intelligence consultant, executive coach, and conscious mama of two. Through solo episodes and interviews with experts in the medical, research, business, and spiritual fields, this show helps you to shift from the illusion that success in one area of your life means failure in another to the understanding that you truly get to have it all. Let's get started. Welcome to the first segment of That's What He Said. So this is a segment we decided to do just based on the fact that our audience does ask us questions about our relationship. So full disclaimer, Dan and I are not pretending to be relationship coaches and this isn't advice. We are just sharing our lived experience and um, giving some context around some of our life experiences maybe that you have gone through and that's what that's all it is really is just us sharing and we had a few questions come in through our poll on Instagram so uh, should we get started let's do it yay okay so the question is how did Dan adapt to being a father to your daughter? So you can just mm-hmm. take it away. Great question. Um, when I met Marsa, I knew that she had a daughter, and it was actually a conversation I had with my sister at the time, who was a single mum and was was talking about how she wanted to find someone that would love her and her son and see him as an extension of her, not just want her and, and have the two separate, you know, have her son separate from her. Um, and that stuck with me, and that's something that allowed me to see things um, from a different lens and have that perspective when I met Mars. So I came into the relationship... Uh, seeing Aaliyah as an extension of her and I wanted to love them equally. I wanted to love them with all my heart. I wanted to be a solid foundation for Aaliyah. I wanted to be a great father figure for her and I wanted to treat her like my own. Um, So I think that comes down to just making a decision, (laughs) really. It's a decision that um, you're going to be the best person you can be for you know the the kids as well as as a partner mm. um and that's 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 how I came into the relationship so. mm. and had you ever dated anyone before that had kids no i I do have to say it felt fairly natural. I think that we were ready um mm. I was ready, and yeah, it came fairly natural. I knew had an instinct I knew what a good father was I had I had great parents Uh, you know I was fortunate enough to be raised by loving parents and I knew what that looked like and I knew that that's what I wanted to provide I wanted to be a loving partner and I wanted to be a loving father so when that opportunity came I think I ran with it Mm -hmm. yeah and so what like I mean I think it's a big ask for people um from like a woman's perspective 
I just knew the type of relationship that I wanted for my daughter and her future stepfather that I was really, um, you know, had really strong boundaries around that. And you were the first guy that she ever met because I wanted to protect her emotions. So previously I was a stepmother and I still am a stepmother and I still have a relationship with Aaliyah's father's kids from his previous marriage. Um, And I went into that relationship knowing, well, when I found out that he had children, I made a commitment to be their, um, their stepmother. But I also recognized how challenging it was. And I think that's what made a difference as well is that sometimes as a single mom, you're just like, okay, well, the man needs to come in and love on my babies. But like, you know, being a step parent is so beautiful, but it's also one of the toughest jobs because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, and this is just the reality of the situation you are never going to be their mother you are never going to be their biological father and I remember like uh, as a stepmother my um, stepkids would say things would cry to me and about wishing that their mother and father were still together And that will trigger you in a way that is just very different. You obviously know these are innocent little children who, of course, they want their biological mother and father to be that they want that family unit. It's like they can feel that they come from something that is now broken, but they don't know how to articulate it. And here I am as a stepmother stepping in. And these are the things that they would tell me. And I remember how it would break my heart, but I also fully understood why they felt like that. They thought like that. And I just remember thinking, like, when I ended that relationship, I'm like, wow, you know, whoever comes in to be Aaliyah's father, like, I am firstly going to choose so wisely because I know the impact on the children. They've already been through one separation. The last thing they need is to go through a second separation. And in many cases, it happens a second and third and fourth and fifth separation that I was not willing to do that trauma to to my daughter. So I was so, um, you know, choosy, I guess I was so clear about who I wanted to be her stepfather. And then also having coming from the experience of being a stepmother, I was very empathetic about what it would be like for him. So I did my best to protect him from the drama between me and Aaliyah's father. Um, I did my best to foster the relationship between them. Like this is so it's very, it's a complex situation because at the end of the day, your child, no matter how incredible your um, the stepfather or the stepmother is, they will always have a yearning for their biological parent if their biological parent is still somewhere around, somewhere in the picture. Um, like I was adopted, so I didn't have, I, well, actually, I don't know. Maybe I did and I just like blocked it out as a trauma response. But I don't remember having this deep yearning for my biological mother. I was adopted when I was five. I didn't I didn't have that. But I witnessed in my stepchildren how much they yearned for their mother, even though they saw their mother the day before and they were with us for a night or two. So just having that awareness around that it is 
an amazing opportunity for the man to come in and to be the stepfather. Um, and it's the greatest gift that he will ever have if he's conscious enough to recognize that that the blessing of a little beautiful child is like the greatest blessing. But as the mother, I think we need to recognize how challenging and laborious it can be because, you know, there's been times when Aaliyah has said like, oh, I... I wish you and daddy were still together. She doesn't say it anymore, but before she did. And that, mm-hmm. and I never got upset at that because I always understood where it was coming from. And also my stepkids said the same thing. Like it's natural for them to want that family unit, even though we have a family unit here. And now she's very much adjusted to the change and we have an incredibly loving family and we're so close and her and Dan are so, so close. But at the beginning, it was challenging. What did that feel like for you when she would say things like, and did you hear her say things like, mm. I wish that mommy was still like with daddy and all that? Yeah, and I just want to second that, that it is one of the hardest things to do. And your ability to navigate with me through some of the challenges uh, has helped so much. And that's because you were a stepmom. Um, it is it's the most challenging thing you'll come across uh, and also the most rewarding like it it is a beautiful thing Um, but I do remember one time in uh, specifically when Aaliyah I I told her off I think I was telling her off for something and she mumbled under breath you're not my dad (laughs) and I just walked away walked upstairs laid on the bed and was fighting back the tears because it just broke my heart but I know she didn't mean it mean to hurt me she just said it in the moment and that was I think the first and final time that Mm. I heard it Mm. um but it is it's extremely heartbreaking because you you're giving your all to this this child you're raising them you're supporting them you're doing everything you can to be a father and then you just get told you're not my father you're not Mm. my daddy Mm. um that is really hard but uh, I know that I am her daddy at the same Mm -hmm. time Mm. so it takes a high level of emotional regulation to have a child be like that towards you and not retaliate in a childlike manner. And I think that's why like this emotional work is so important. And I think why so many families don't make it through this stage is because when you are trying to love a child and the child in in one way um, is trying to, in a way, push your love away. And sometimes it can be kind of like a test, like, am I worthy? Do you actually love me? If you haven't done the work and you don't have control over your emotions, you can retaliate. And I have seen that where grown adults (laughs) in their 30s and 40s will respond to a child like a child because it's triggered in them something a lack of worthiness, a rejection, whatever within them, and they can't respond with love. And that's all your children are ever seeking from you is to respond to their acts of craziness with love. It's like, how crazy can I get and how rude and da 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 can I get and that you still love me it doesn't mean that you don't put a boundary up it doesn't mean that you don't have um like rules in your home but it just means that despite all of that and despite their action and despite their misbehavior that they always there's an underlying feeling of love and when we can't respond like that to our children especially like our stepchildren oh that's another point I want to 
make as well is like as a mother so I'm not going to quote the science because I'll probably get it wrong and I don't want to misquote it but there is research around how there's something is triggered in the brain of like for a pain signal when the child is in pain so i.e the mother literally feels the child's pain as her own um and so as soon as I looked at that, I was like, yeah, 100%. I feel that. It's almost like I internalize her pain. So when the, like Dan and her are fighting or when he yells at her, I am automatically look at like he's yelling at me. Like I can't help but internalize that. And so when there is conflict between the step parent and the child, that that biological parent is in so much pain and turmoil because you love your partner and you love your child and you love your partner and you need to protect your child and it's like this primal instinct comes up where you want to defend your child and again if you haven't built your emotional intelligence this is when you retaliate and and again I have also uh, worked with women and women have shared with me where the stepfather has tried to come in and discipline and she lashes out on him because it triggered in her all these other things like and that's the thing when we're triggered it's not me as a 30 something year old woman it's whatever age that that core trauma happened at that's usually who comes out and sometimes it's like this like reckless child and so if you can imagine you know if Dan's trying to come in and lay a boundary with Aaliyah because she's crossing it and I lash out at him not only am I emasculating him and and you know not respecting his authority and it's coming from my love for my daughter. Like I want to defend her. Right. But I'm emasculating him, especially if I'm doing it in front of the children and I start yelling at him, but also, and the, the, the byproduct of that. And I think that women, well, anyone in this situation tends to overlook is that now Dan and I are fractured in the eyes of our children. So we never fight in front of our kids. No judgment if you do, but it's something to consider that the home is where your children get their safety and and where they get that's their their home. It's like I oh, I can relax. I can I can feel safe here. Mm-hmm. And you as a unit with your partner is what's going to give them the most confidence. It's like when you can be in your feminine, your husband can be in his masculine like that, and you come together and you adore each other like that is like some of the best confidence building stuff that you can give to your kids. So a byproduct of me being like, I got to defend my kids and I got to put this man in his place is destroying the perception of a family unit to your children. We're modeling that, you know, yelling and arguing and all that is normal in, in, in family and that, you know what, mom and dad don't actually love each other that much. And like whatever conclusion their underdeveloped prefrontal cortex will come to and it's just never a great outcome and they don't know, you know, the conversations that we have, you know, when we go to bed and, you know, when we hash things out. And so the actions that we do in front of our children are very important in terms of their perception about our relationship and also the dynamics of our home. Like Dan is very much the leader in our home and I don't feel like that sets me back 50 years 
I feel like that is one of those most empowering things I could do for my children. I think you wanted to say something. Yeah, I, I remember having a conversation with you early on um, about wh- what do you want my role to be? Mm. And do you want me to discipline like a father would? Or do you want me to like le- leave it to you? You know, We had that conversation early, so I knew where I stood because I didn't want to come in and start yelling or telling your daughter off at three years old without you know, being on the same page, without having your consent. And, you know, so I think that's a really important thing. I don't remember thing. that conversation. Can you share? <laughs> yeah, I remember. It was, we were in the, uh, the first apartment. Mm. And it was, it was just a simple conversation of like, what do you, how do you want me to discipline her? Mm. Do you mm. want me to be, tell her off? Or do you want me to just tell you and you do it? Mm. Now, that was where we were at the beginning of mm. the relationship. Mm. Um, and as we've grown and, and evolved in our relationship and understanding the masculine feminine dynamics of the family, it's extremely important to me to be that masculine father mm. figure role. And to take the lead, to be the the more, um, uh, I guess, disciplining the kids and and raising my voice Mm -hmm. if I have to. Not that we're a yelling, screaming family. We really try Mm -hmm. not to. But I do if I have to. Mm -hmm. And I think that's fine. I Mm -hmm. think that's healthy Mm -hmm. for relationships. I think we're we're coming to an age where people um, are too scared to discipline their children and and scared to be too hard or the fear of judgment, the fear Mm. of traumatizing their children and all these things. But at the end of the day, in the real world, children grow up and they enter the real world, there's consequences Mm. and they Mm. need to learn what boundaries are. And when they cross those boundaries, they don't get what they want. Because if Mm. you're running a business, you can't just do whatever you want, whatever you please, because you will fail, you fall on your face. Mm. And if you're in a a job, in a career, you can't just go and do whatever you want. Oh, whatever, I don't care. No, there is a boundary and there is something. And that's so important for the father specifically, because I think the role for the mother more so, this is what we believe, is the more of the nurturing role. So Mars will always be there with open arms telling them how much she loves them and that it's safe and it's okay. And I will maybe be a little bit harder, but I'll always still come back afterwards mm-hmm. and explain myself as well. Mm-hmm. I love you no matter what, but this is why mm-hmm. I acted like this. This mm-hmm. is why I said these things. This mm-hmm. is why you can't do that. And it will explain to the kids. And I think that's just a, a really important thing to touch up on on just parenthood from what we've learned, what we've seen Mm. on our journey. Yeah. I think that conversation that you initiating that conversation, I don't even remember it. Um, Mm. but it sounds like something you would do. And I think it's, it's a really good step for any man coming into a family with a single mother who has a child or children to have that conversation. Number one, when you initiate that conversation, you are taking that masculine lead of that direct open communication. Hey, what do you want my role to be? Mm. But also giving that woman space to be like, oh, well, what do I want this man's role to be? And also that creates safety. Like you're not just coming into her yep. home bulldozing and being like, oh, I'm the fucking blah, blah, blah. Like you're coming in and with respect, you are d- making this decision together. And I think that probably open her up and I'm sure it did for me to open me up to be like okay he he cares about what my opinion is he's asking what my opinion is he's asking what role I want him to play with my daughter and I think by creating that safety um, with the mother I think she will much more be much more willing to let you lead but you need to have you definitely need to have that conversation you just can't assume Mm -hmm. that father role without talking to the mother 
Yeah, for sure. And if there is any fathers listening or stepfathers listening to this, um, that doesn't mean you can come in and be a bully to the, the stepchildren. Mm. You know, this, this, when I say be that authoritative figure, it is within reason. You know, we don't smack physically. Mm. Um, I have before, but we really don't like to. It's it's not it's something that we hold guilt on. And there are other ways. You know, you don't need to be physically. Um, dis- disciplining children that are three, four, five years old, mm. seven now. Um, the other thing is, is it's the balance too, right? So like, yes, the, the man can be the more like authoritative, let's say, um, but at the same time, like you are definitely like the kids definitely listen to you more, which is 100%. a bit, which is a bit frustrating. But at the same time, you don't just come in and be like, I'm the I'm the ruler here. What? No, you no. play a lot with the kids. So this isn't like advice to say, oh, like the guy comes in and he's the one who lays all the rules and da 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 da. No, there's a balance, right? Fathers are known to be the playful ones, right? So there's the there's the polarity of the two. So the dad is more disciplinary typically and if someone is going to get offended by gender roles be offended i don't care um but the the dad is more disciplinary let's say and then the 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 um he's also more playful though right which is what moms complain about a lot we're like oh my gosh like the kids just want to play with dad and like i have to do everything so i'm the doer in the family where it's like most of the time i have to do a lot of the things and i i'm the nurturer like dan said like i'm holding them more i'm cuddling them i'm kissing them i'm you know doing all the things i'm being the feminine energy and i think so that's an important like you know pin i want to place there is like yes the the masculine can be have more authority but he can't just be that can't be his only role they need to see their father as also playful and loving and their safety Mm -hmm. so yes i'm gonna lay the boundary but like they Luca is convinced that Dan is the strongest man on the planet because he goes to the gym for his big muscles <laughs> and he like literally his confidence at the playground is so good because he knows his daddy is his safe space his daddy will take care of him like he knows that he can go to his daddy so I wanted to like place a pin in that because I think that's important like yes disciplinary if you want to use that word maybe that's not even the right word but also playful and loving and kind The other thing is like, and again, this may like ruffle feathers, but I am better. I'm a better mom when Dan is here. And the reason is, is because I can relax fully into my feminine. The reality is single moms have the hardest effing job on the planet bar none and i would argue with freaking anyone on this point okay they have the hardest job and the reason is because they do have to embody the masculine and the feminine to ridiculous lengths they don't get a break so let's say they're working so they go to work they have to be in their masculine well guess what they have to come home and be also the nurturer of their child but they also need to make sure the bills are paid but they also need to take out the garbage but they also need they have to literally play every single role and it is exhausting and when you are exhausted you cannot be in your feminine you tend to go more in your masculine to because you're 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 getting getting into scarcity reactive right and you can't be soft and you can't be nurturing and then or we go into the other side and all we want to do is just be there for them be there for them because we we know they don't have anybody else so we let them get away with everything and then we feel like dysregulated over it because we know that 
having a support system, we could maintain stronger boundaries. We could have more time of just being peace and quiet with them, but we have to wash the dishes. We have to go walk the dog. We have to go get the car serviced. We have to do all these things and it's freaking exhausting. So I feel it when dad's away because he's away like 50% of the time. And I'm always excited when he's home because I get to just be mommy. Like I get to just hold my kids. He has the role of, you know, like all the masculine traits and I get to just be in my feminine. I notice how exhausted I am the weeks that he's away because I have to do both. I have to do everything and the kids still, yeah. And the kid, because they know they can see the power struggle, right? They know that there's something missing in the home. Yeah, and and emotionally it affects them when I'm gone because they miss they miss me. They mm-hmm. don't, that's how they don't know how to communicate that. Mm. You know, we we've navigated a lot of challenges with with me being away and and how much it changes the, the family dynamic. And so there's so many layers to this. Mm. Um, so if there's any other questions, anything else you you want us to speak on, definitely throw in the comments and and we'll go deeper because I do feel like we are walking the walk. You know, as um, we might maybe fairly recent parents, but uh, having a stepchild and a child and, and having the dynamics that we have, I think we've learned a hell of a lot, more than any course or more than any book can teach you. Mm. And that's the experience that we can speak on. So mm. I just want to throw it in there. There is so many layers. It's a big onion. And, yeah, um, and yeah, if there is anything else that comes up for you while listening to this, definitely comment through, send a comment on, on what you want us to speak on because um, there's plenty more that we can we can cover. So. Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, I love that, babe. Absolutely love that. And like we said, like this is just like one perspective. You don't have to agree with us, but it's just something no, to do. consider. <laughs> <laughs> it's something to consider and hear somebody who's living it. And like honestly, like for both of us, being a parent is well, Dan and I don't like to half-ass anything. We like to fully ass everything. Yes, go I'm ahead. I'm just going to go take the bread out. I just heard the ding. I've made my homemade bread. Okay, so, so Dan is going to take out the bread. <laughs> Dan is going to take out the bread. So, um, see, I love his range because he can be very masculine um, and all of those positive traits, but traits. But then also he likes to bake like multiple times a week like it's crazy he likes home made bread with none of the yucky stuff and it's kind of amazing so i'm gonna finish off there thank you for listening to our first segment of that's what he said if you recognize the play on words you know the jokes that everyone said well not everyone says but I just heard like Dan and like his dad and some of his friends be like oh that's what she said I'm like I don't get it but now I get it and now we have a whole segment called that's what he said baby thank you so much for doing this segment with me any final words my love um no thank you for having me and I look forward to doing more episodes I think this is going to be really really good for us and our listeners so Yeah, thank you for listening, and that's all from me. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. If you love this episode, please share it with someone. And if you're a longtime listener, it would mean the absolute world to me if you would rate and review this show on iTunes. I love you so much, and I can't wait to connect with you on the next episode. And remember, it's not only possible to have it all, It is your birthright.